You're listening to Episode 7 of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. I'm Jason Tucker, and I've settled over a billion dollars in copyright claims for the world's largest studios. Over the last 15 years as the expert pirate hunter, IP problem solver, and enforcer, I have helped shape copyright law, the processes, and the landscape that exists today. So how do you keep your IP organized, protect it from pirates, and make even more money off of your content? With real-life insight and stories from the trenches, this is the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. We are going to think like a pirate, and I'm going to give you some practical how-to slow down or stop a pirate from stealing your work. And we're going to look at a pirate website and potentially together help out some course creators, and you'll learn some tools along the way. Pirate looks for content in the niche they're selling. So they obviously want the most in demand, but they also need volume to satisfy that audience. Because just like you or your affiliates, they're marketing to a base of users for conversions. Those conversions can be per download, a membership sale, or they're just passing traffic through and monetizing it through an ad engine. So the point is, is that they're putting time in, they're putting money in, and they're putting resources into everything else you would do, except they don't have the cost of content creation. And they get to use what you would use for content creation and throw that into advertising dollars. How big? These, yes, there are one-off situations, but the larger operations, the large-scale operations I see are pirate companies. And let's break that down. When I say companies, I mean companies with health benefits, paid days off, company retreats, they host launch parties. Some of them even have an affiliate base. At times, they're in countries that may protect them under certain privacy laws or what's not legal in the United States may be questionable or not defined or legal in their country. Most of the time, they're in the United States and they're trying to look like they're not so that they can take advantage of all of these pseudo protections. They're also advertising through Google, Facebook. They're in ad networks that you may not even be able to get into because those ad networks require a buy-in that's potentially 10x or more of what you could spend in a year. With that in mind, know that you're really fighting a competitor. It may look like a pirate, but that pirate is directly competing against you for eyeballs and dollars. And I find that when we couch it like that, it makes kind of understanding how you can deal with it a little more palatable. I will say that if you're not taking active steps to protect your content, then you're doing a disservice to your paying customers and definitely to your affiliates. And it's not that complicated to do. So I would advise you to act as if your content was going to be stolen and work backwards. And again, that's not complicated. So let's just really quickly break that down. Register your work and you can take 10 minutes once a week and do some searches using your product name and the word free or some permutation of that. And if you find your works being infringed, just copy and paste the links or the link in and send a takedown notice. A week later, you can check the link. If you still see it's up, do a who is lookup and send another one to the same location and also the site's host. And then you can check back in another week. And if it's not down, you can escalate from there. You can also submit, and this is a good one, the same links or link to Google to hurt that infringer search engine placement. And every search engine offers this. So in the show notes, we have a link to the takedown notice that you can use or a takedown notice that you can use, and then a link to how you can submit infringing links to Google. Again, it doesn't take that long, and at least you're doing something to protect your work. If you are working as an affiliate for a product and you're working for free until you make a sale from which you're only going to get a percentage, I would think that you need to know that the company you're providing your traffic to is watching your back. 
another way to look at it is if you're selling or you're sell, your your or someone else's product for five hundred dollars, and a pirate is marketing it for twenty three dollars ninety five cents, you are competing against twenty three dollars ninety five cents to make a five hundred dollars sale. So unless you have a real close relationship with the buyer, realistically, let's be honest. When presented with the option, who's the surfer going to buy from? I've heard uh, large course creators say, well, that's not my audience. They wouldn't do that. And I would suggest that's a cop-out because a surfer doesn't know what they don't know. I see sites that look just like a real affiliate site. Same copy, same artwork, same site design. The only variable at times is the price point is significantly less. And that's obviously a big tell. But again, a surfer doesn't necessarily know that. So you can't assume that a surfer can tell the difference. I've been stumped at times and I've been successfully hunting pirates for over a decade. So we're going to run through a problem site and I'm going to give you some simple acts that can potentially solve huge traffic and dollar holes for you. And course creators, uh, especially because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing them out because of this particular site, take a look at this and, and do something. And uh, so this is a free how to and what to do. And just because I, I had a chance to have an experience of her, the, the example I'm going to use is Amy Porterfield. Backstory. A couple of years ago, I was asked to go fish on Amy Porterfield and course creators at large for a company that was doing a case study. At the time, I knew nothing about Amy, and I'm not picking on her now. She is a great example, though, as are other course creators that, that I'll mention in here about what I am talking about, and she's not alone. Her operation and this pirate operation both appear to be highly successful, well-run operations. I would suggest that that whoever their legal advisors, not the, the pirate, but these course creators, uh, is, is not protecting their affiliates as, as well as they could. So let's jump in. Amy sells a course or product called Courses That Convert, and you can buy it for $997 or 12 monthly payments of $97. Affiliates are screened through an application process and they get 50% of the sale. So now the affiliates are competing against free or $69.95 for lifetime access from these pirates. Uh, and that's an average uh, number uh, and free as well, just free. Now, Amy is awesome. Melissa and I went to a seminar a couple of years ago. She held in San Diego. It was a live event. A very caring person. She definitely wants uh, her people to succeed and her students. I was blown away by what she and her team really put on and who she brought in to teach at a, at a very high level. Snacks were nonstop. She made a point of taking time for anyone who wanted hers. I think that the live workshops have the most value if you're paying money to any of these influencers. And simply, why the live? So I spent four minutes to find courses that convert two years ago, and I ended up finding it for free. Other places I found it were selling it, and they, some even accepted it through PayPal. Now, again, she's not alone. In that same time period, I found courses from every major player you could think of. So Tony Robbins, Ty Lopez, Brendan Burchard, Bob Proctor, Marie Forleo, just the list goes on and on and on. And again, I was able to find it for free and through sites that were selling it and some of them who were processing through PayPal. So today, flash forward, these sites are still live. They're still collecting money and they're still selling those same courses and updated versions of those courses because obviously new courses and updates have come out, which these sites seem to offer. So what does that tell me? That tells me 
that in spite of the protestations I've heard from these influencers and their representatives on podcasts, they're shooting blanks at piracy with people who may have good intentions on their behalf, but they don't seem to have a clue how to effectively manage an anti-piracy effort. And that's not uncommon. Don't get me wrong. I'm not faulting anybody. Please understand me. I'm not faulting anybody for what they don't know. Because if you've never done this before, obviously you, you can have the theory, but the, the practical is, is very different. So what this telegraphs to me is that since their courses are all free, the only place to get new or unique information or if you want to meet them is at a live event. Otherwise, realistically online, there's no need to spend a dime with them. It also shows me that if I wanted to sell their courses as a pirate, this is a big one. We're thinking like a pirate. What this shows me is if I wanted to sell their courses as a pirate, chances are nothing will happen to me. I just gave you an example that's been going on for what I saw over two years ago. And if it does, something does happen to me, I can simply settle for a fraction of what I would make and move on to another producer or producers. And I would end up killing it as my own affiliate. That's how a pirate looks at these sites. And that's how a pirate looks at your content. So from a course creator standpoint, how could it be that these major players are missing these sites? Again, not uncommon. The most obvious is their legal counsel may talk a good game, but they have no practical experience. Again, not uncommon. The reverse is applied science. The second is also not uncommon. And that's when you're making money. This is a big one. When you're making money, you don't always look in the rearview mirror or the side mirror to see what else is going on. A lot of times you don't want to upset the apple cart. You don't want to shift focus. You don't want to get a reputation or be the first in the industry. So for all of these groundbreaking talk or for all the groundbreaking talk that I hear, producers don't typically act on piracy. They react once it hits their pocketbook. Again, not an isolated situation. We've seen this in Hollywood. We saw this in the music industry. We saw this in the adult industry and any major industry that, that, that gets hit with piracy. And it's starting to obviously starting to happen to, to course creators. They're going to feel it. And once they do, they'll end up acting. Uh, you could be smart about it and get in front of it. So, this, to me, is a huge missed opportunity. Why? From a marketing standpoint, how would you feel about a producer who said, we actively work to stop piracy, to protect our customers, our affiliates, and our sponsors? If you were spending your hard-earned dollars with us, we're going to make sure we provided you with the best deal. At present, they can't say that because if the best deal is essentially the same product for $400 less than what you sold it for, if they're leaving an affiliate in the wind competing against free, how's that a win? It's a happenstance that you were able to get in front of a pirate in the first place, and chances are, at their numbers, they're going to bump your placement in time. That's just a fact. I could do a whole series of episodes on how the adult tube sites shock the adult pay site game. And we'll talk about how adult drives and has driven a lot of what goes on on the internet because things move, that content moves so fast that it's a great baseline to use to see what's going to happen, to create examples. We also saw how Napster flashback rocked the music industry and free movie sites caused Hollywood to create more special effect driven films to get you back into theaters. So back to our pirates. So two of the locations I found are using the exact ad copy and artwork that legitimate affiliates are using. Now, I'm not going to break out the whole network in one episode, but instead we're going to focus on one of their websites. So the first site I found on Google was uh, millionairestools.com, and they have another site called getwsodo.com. Now, I will say to any content producers who have content on these sites, this is an easy case with all the elements that I love. Cases like this can get you a collection that can fund the rest of your anti-piracy campaign. 
All right. So let's talk about millionairestools.com. It has courses from Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, like I said, Ty Lopez, Brendan Burchard, Bob Proctor. It has Traffic and Conversion Summit 2019. You name it, it's on there. So the stats are impressive. So for my fellow stat junkies, SEM Rush shows that they have over 7,200 backlinks. Only competitor to other sites is, is, is sites that they own in their own network. 70% of that traffic is US. The categories that they're scoring on are the same ones you would want as an affiliate. And similar web says it's getting 347,000 hits a month. Amy Porterfield shows 159,000 hits a month with an average duration of two minutes. Millionairestools.com is at four minutes. Uh, Amy's at 52% US against the 70% from the other site, Millionaire's Tools. Their Get WSODO gets about 1.2 million hits a month. We're not going to break them down, but uh, I will say that they're sending their traffic through themselves and they're firing it off to Teachable and ClickFunnels. And that site also has a Facebook page with almost 1,200 followers. They also run a chat board in this network. And each location on that chat board has a blog that has a sales funnel and upsells. Are you seeing a theme? This too is a well-oiled machine. It's a large-scale, financially viable pirate enterprise. The easiest point A is we want the content down. So again, the first thing I would do is copy and paste the infringing URLs into a notepad. Then these are the links, again, that you're going to use in your DMCA notice to show the location of where the infringing work is. If this were a case I was building, uh, I would also want to capture the major pages before we sent a notice. So that would be uh, PDF the site's main pages. So that could be, uh, well, obviously the infringing content links, the terms of service, the privacy policy, the DMCA policy, if they have one, a contact page, if they have a processor, the processing page has really good information that could be garnered from there. And it's good to have it. Uh, so next you're going to look for emails on those pages. So using, going back to our pirate site on millionairestools.com, the DMCA page has an email that says millionairestools at gmail.com. And interestingly enough, on that page, they also say millionaires tools will remove any link per trademark or copyright owner's request. Send the full URL of the link along with your company's email address to millionairestools at gmail.com. All requests will be processed within one to two business days. Here's a link to a sample and they provide a sample DMCA notice. Wait for it for your convenience. This is a bad actor trying to look like a good actor. And the problem is that besides being, I, I find that offensive, but also the, the problem is that under the DMCA, from my understanding, they're not afforded any service provider protection. They put the content up, they're selling it. This is a wolf in sheep's clothing. All right, back to what we need. So we have that one email. Now we need some more emails to send our notice to. So you can uh, do a lookup and you can find out that their DNS is through Bluehost and they have some relationship to Cloudflare, at least at the time of this recording. So if you go to bluehost.com, you go to their terms page, there's a copyright claims policy that provides an email at legal at bluehost.com. Cloudflare, I know this off the top of my head, it's abuse at cloudflare.com. Now you have, going to copy all of that into a notepad. Now you have everything that you need to copy and paste into a takedown notice. You have the bare bones also of what you would need for a case. This moment right here is why it's important to have registrations. If that content, that stolen content uh, is registered and the images are registered and the text is registered, there's teeth to this takedown notice, but also the start of a real case. And any demand that you make after this moment can have real consequences or the appearance of real consequences for them. So hopefully at this point, uh, after sending this, you'll at the very least get your content down. But if you wanted to push it, the next step 
uh, you may want to consider is having an attorney file a DMCA subpoena. This should cost you around $1,000. This is a tool that allows you to get the information that an infringer gave to their service providers. So in this particular case, you can get that information from their host, their processor, and the registrar. More often than not, when you send one of these, copies of them end up in the hands of the pirate. So they'll get wind of this from one of their providers, and a lot of times they'll reach out to work something out or slow you down. And they may contact you through various mechanisms. I have people that chat with me on a fairly regular basis using fake names on Skype. They call in from an IP phone number or they do something else to hide. But it doesn't matter to me. A person you can talk to is a person you can work with. I hope this helps. If not, you can always escalate this to another level. But now you have additional information that you gained from a DMCA subpoena. Happy hunting. Jason Tucker is not an attorney. All of the information shared on this free podcast is his opinion and not legal advice. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. See you next time.